You're now tuned in to Life Song Radio, a weekly podcast dedicated to accurately studying the Word of God in a comprehensive and biblical manner. Listen in as hosts Phil Ramsey and Blake Shankle dig into the Word line by line, verse by verse, leaving no stone unturned. Grab your Bible and your notebook and get prepared to study the living, breathing, active Word of God. Now, here are your hosts of Life Song Radio. Hello and welcome to another episode of Life Song Radio. I want to thank you for joining us today for another Bible study in the Book of Romans. I have with me Mr. Phil Ramsey. What's up, my friend? What up? Good to be here today. It's good for you to be here. Yes, it is. I'm glad. I missed you last week. Yeah, uh, you had to do a little solo, solo act there. I don't know. How did you do it without me? I just don't understand. <laughs> I struggle. I mean, go back and watch the video. You see, I was struggling. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is. I, I will give it to the guys that do it solo without yeah. without one take because you don't have anybody to bounce it off of. You know, you they're just a. I, I don't know how some other podcasters do, it, but I know when when I'm talking. Or when you're talking, there may be, I'm listening, try to listening, but I'm also trying to figure out where I'm going to go next, yeah. play it off you, you do the same thing, or just so that show flows, because we do it, we do it without any editing, right? Yeah, this is, uh, I mean, this is fairly easy when you, when we're bouncing off and just kind of having a conversation going through the scripture, but with one person and a camera and a red, and a red light going beep, beep, and you're, you're talking to a red beeping light. Yeah. And if you tell a joke, nobody's laughing in the room. So it's kind of like a comedian. It's, uh, yeah. you know, so it is hard. It's, uh, I do a lot of, you know, I film a lot of things, a lot of little projects and some of these projects I do, people have to talk. Well, they're just not used to being in front of the camera mm-hmm. and I'm behind the camera. I mean, just do this, just do that. All you got to do is yada, yada, yada. And then you put me around, the, you put me around the, uh, in front of the camera. I'm just kind of like staring at the camera and I draw a blank. So uh, it's, it's not easy. No, it's it, not easy. It's not. You just got to kind of put, you put yourself in a different place and not even think that the camera's there. You have to really kind of put yourself in a mindset. And those guys that do it really good, Todd Friel is one of the best, I would say. Yeah. He is one of the best. And if you don't know, I'm talking about Wretched Radio, and I throw him out there because I listen to him every day, but he also has a TV show. Mm-hmm. But I'm, we, know the, we know the producer of yeah. the show, and, and Jimmy says that his takes are all one take. And and he just he he knows what he's going to say, but he's really not looking at notes. No, and so he he could talk for forty five minutes, and everything he says is very meaty. Yeah, oh, yeah, you know, it's not just words that just take up space. It's actually good it's good stuff. Yeah, I yeah. like that. I do too. I like that. I'm a photographer, and we go to conventions, <clears throat> and these speakers will speak, and they'll they'll talk for an hour about. 55 minutes of poetry and then give you five minutes of stuff that you can actually use in your business. Mm. I don't need all that stuff. Just give me the facts. Yeah. And Todd does that real well. He does. So that, he just has that gift. He's very talented at that where he can. Do I'm not. Oh, I, no, I, I can't. Uh, I can't do it. I'm, I, I have to have notes. You know, sure. my, my brain's just, uh, I don't know, I'm getting older. It's just not, it's never been quite right. <laughs> I've been meaning to speak to you about that. Uh, <laughs> it's never been quite right. And uh, I just, uh, I draw, I don't know, I draw blanks a lot. Did you have too know. much Christian liberty when you was young? <laughs> I had a lot of Christian liberty. <laughs> and uh, we'll get into that. Uh, the, the, but I wasn't a Christian back okay. then. All so right. All right. I'm just so grateful I'm... I'm a new person, yeah, and uh, I don't live there anymore. Born it's again. not my house, yeah. That's it. There's a new song heart, about that. New directions, yeah. and 
Yeah, but I, I probably got some. Uh, I probably hurt my brain a little bit. <laughs> so. Well, well, let's uh, let's uh, try to exercise our brain moving forward. Romans chapter fourteen. So last week I, I covered the rest of where you and I left off. We left off the week before that, kind of right there at verse eleven. And we covered I covered verse eleven and verse twelve. Kind of went a little bit more in depth to that. And um, now we're set up ready for verse uh, thirteen. And um, I just we'll just read through that, and we'll kind of give some context, and then get get going. Um, you want to? You have the have it pulled up? Yeah. Well, how far are you? Thinking? I don't know. I mean, just read through twenty three. That sets us up. We won't get there. But. Okay. All right. This is a Romans fourteen verse thirteen. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. I know and I am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it's unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So do not so do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then, let us not pursue what makes for peace and, and for mutual upbuilding. Do not, uh, do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. Is that good enough? I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. Paul continues on. We see here this Christian liberty and speaking of unclean meats and and uh, not causing your brother to stumble. And we've heard all these verses before, but we want to be able to break these down and and look at them in depth. And Paul is, again, he's continuing the argument, like we talked about Christian liberty in, in this portion of scriptures. He argues really from a different point of view. I think Paul shifts just a little bit in his teaching. It's almost as if he goes over the same thing, but he changes the point of view and then he drills down deeper in it. And really, I think, is more he's looking at uh, coming at the uh, main, the stronger brother. Here and, and I think that's who he has in view here, drawing on what he's already stated about that and concluding that love is our driving force when we're dealing with Christian liberty issues. I think that's the underlying theme here is this love that should drive us as brothers and sisters in Christ. And that needs to be that needs to be at the forefront of our brains when we're thinking about these Christian liberty issues, whether it be meats, whether it be uh, Wine, or whether it be types of music, or any of those Christian liberty audio offer things, and <clears throat> Paul in the Scripture, I think he calls us. He calls the Roman believers, but he calls us as well because we would fit right in there to examine ourselves, to examine our lives, examine our walk in Christ, to examine our attitudes and our actions. And in verses thirteen through seventeen, we won't get all there all the way through this, but I see five key truths, Phil. That we need to be aware of in our Christian liberty, and the one, the first thing I see here in this scripture, kind of how I outlined this was, was there was five key truths that we can we can pull from it. And the first one is, is I think we need to remove the obstacles and stumbling blocks. I think that's what Paul says. Paul Paul saying here, we need to remove these obstacles and these stumbling blocks that may cause our younger or our weaker brother 
to stumble. That's what he says, verse 13. Therefore, let's not judge one another anymore, but rather determine this, not to put an obstacle or stumbling block in a brother's or sister's way. You see anything there that we need to look at? I mean, I... I I just I'm drawn to this. Therefore, there's a it's almost a, there's this conclusion of what he's already said in verses one through twelve of chapter fourteen. Ultimately, that we're to accept the weaker brother in faith and not quarrel over opinion, since it's the Lord who holds up. Right, he's the one that holds up the both the strong and the weak in faith. And since the Lord is our final judge, he's already talked about that. We talked about that last week. Then we aren't to judge. If that's the case, then we're not to judge one another um, when it comes to gray matters, these adiaphor matters. And so Paul is saying that because of this, because of these truths that I've laid out, he says, therefore, because of this, let's not judge one another anymore. Let's stop it. Let's let's put that aside. Literally, the text says, let us no longer have the habit of judging. And, and so what he's right there, that's a present imperative with a negative, meaning it's an ongoing action that needs to stop. Mm. So evidently what we can learn from the church, early Church of Romans was is they were having some issues here. They were having some, some uh, Christian liberty issues, and they were judging one another. And I think we can see that what's probably happened was is you have these Greeks who've come out of the idol worship. Then you also have the Jews who are marrying into this. And man, they're both these idol worshipers who are offering meats up to idols. But then you also have the Jews who were, had unclean foods. And you get these two in a, in a room, and then you have the stronger Christians, those who probably planted the church, they're dealing with these issues. What could you say? Was that would you say that's probably yeah, what we're dealing it, with here? Yeah, that's exactly what's going on. You got two different cultures. They they come into the body of Christ where where they're they're one, but yet they've been raised a certain way and they've lived a certain way their whole lives. And what they're doing, or at least some of them are uh they want to continue doing what they've always done, but not knowing that they're free to not do that anymore. Right. You know, it's mainly Jews and the dietary laws and things like that. Uh, they were free to to eat whatever they wanted to. Everything is now clean. Yeah. Bible says over and over, everything is clean to eat. Yeah. So if you want to eat, eat. But but a lot of the Jews, because of how they were raised, uh, they kept pulling a lot of the old covenant into the new. And guess what? They just didn't really fully comprehend that they were free. And so the, the stronger brother, knowing he is free to eat, has to understand this guy's not there yet. Right. And what I want to do is I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to set this aside because yes. because I don't want to cause him to stumble or to violate his conscience. And over time, I would say the Bible doesn't say this, but, you know, as you do that. But let's just say if I come at you and says and get on to you. And say you're free. You don't have to. You you can eat that now. You don't have to eat that. Automatically in your heart and your conscience, you are you got a wall up. You already are in defensive mode. So our relationship is not going to be what it ought to be. Yeah. But if I understand through through God's word that that <clears throat> we're free to do that, but you don't know that. I would say I just wouldn't do it. Yeah. And then we live life together. And then we would, you know, eventually, of course, we have the scripture, you know, that the scripture was being written then. Uh, and I think it, and then that as you grow and mature, because what separates this person from that person? Maturity. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. He's not there yet. And and it's your job as the older brother or the more mature brother to pull that person along and disciple that person. And to, now, he's still accountable. I would agree. He's accountable. Yeah, he is. He's not to do right. this and he's not to do that. Right. You know? uh, yeah, it's, but that's why he Paul handles them both. And, and I'm going to get to that here. I think we get to that here in a little bit is what happens when we cause, when that more mature brother causes that weaker brother to stumble or to cause him to sin against his conscience. What happens to this? What happens to his joy? What happens to his? We're gonna. I want to. We're gonna talk about that here in a little bit. But Paul, you're right. Paul is saying that the judgmental attitudes need to stop between believers. They need to stop. You, you guys need to stop doing this. For it's a habit that can't continue without. What, what's going to happen is you're going to cause adverse harm to the body of Christ. You're going to cause this harm. Paul had to deal with it in Corinth. In Corinth, he dealt with it all in the verse in the first half of First uh, Corinthians. With this this Christian liberty issue and and how they were how some of these were were judging others, Brian Beal as he was preaching through this passage, a pastor he was preaching through this. He writes this about this. He says he read about a pastor who kept a social book labeled "Complaints of Members Against One Another." When one of them would tell him about some fault of a fellow parishioner, he would say, "Well, here's my complaint book. I'll write down what you say, and you can sign your name to it. When I see that person, I'll take it up with matter with him." That open ledger and the critic's awareness of his own faults always had a restraining effect. Immediately, the complainer would exclaim, Oh, no, I couldn't sign anything like that. In 40 years, that book was opened a thousand times, but not one entry was ever made. So what, what he, the, the issue that what he was trying to say is maybe we need to calm down. And, and if it's not something we're willing to talk to that person about, um, if it's not something I'm willing to have that conversation with, I need to calm down and, and, and just really not judge that person. We're not to judge one another. And here's the thing. Again, we keep saying it. When it comes to Christian liberty issues, that's what Paul's saying. On the Christian liberty issues, we're not talking about right out sin. We've discussed that numerous times. However, Paul does, what he does here, he goes on and he has a play on to words. He says here that he uses the same word that he used for judge at the beginning of the passage, and he uses it again with the word is crino, and he uses it again, but instead of judging someone else, Paul says, you need to judge your own self. Look at what he says. He says, but rather determine this. And that determine there is that same word to judge, but you need to judge yourself. Not to put an obstacle or stumbling block in a brother's or sister's way. Paul says instead of judging someone else, judge yourself. The Greek word for determine, like I said, is that krino, but it's used in a slightly different way. Paul says, turn the spotlight on yourself, Phil. Look at your own heart. Look at our own motives, your own actions, and judge yourself, or rather determine. He's saying, make a decision consciously in your brain about yourself. And it's in the aorist imperative, and what it means is that you are to do this, and you are to do it now. You should examine yourself first. Could it be that you're pushing your Christian liberty and freedom, like we talked about earlier, in Christ so hard in certain areas that you're causing your weaker brothers and sisters to stumble, to sin against their conscience? Could it be that, that you you want to... You said it earlier, is sometimes that we call our, our Christian liberty, sometimes we become a slave to that Christian liberty. Yeah. Isn't that what you said earlier? Yeah, we you know, we're free. We're free to do a lot of things, right? But if you're not careful, the things that you're free to do, if you're not careful, uh can can lead to uh bondage, can lead to sin. Yeah. It can harm your body. I mean, I think about well, you know, maybe talk about it pretty soon, but I think about alcohol, you know, even though uh a person a person can uh 
alcohol in itself. Now, there'll be some folks disagree with me. Hey, send me an email. I'd love to talk to you. But alcohol in itself is not is not bad. So we, there is. And as a matter of fact, if you want to get crazy, uh, Jesus turned water into wine. He turned water into wine. Because the best wine there was. <laughs> wouldn't you say? It's the type of wine that you could get, get intoxicated on. If you if you if you read it, that's exactly what it is. So uh, but though you're let's say let's well, I'm free to drink. You know, and this person drinks and drinks and drinks and now becomes an alcoholic. And now his liberty, his freedom to drink has now led to uh, alcoholism, sin, drunkenness, drunkenness, which is not not good. And there's a lot of other areas that you could apply that to. So you want to be very, hey, though you're free to do it doesn't mean you need to do it. That's true. And that's the key. Because what if if happens... Just because you're free to do it doesn't mean you need to do it because the main thing that you need to worry about is that you need to be concentrated on is not that we don't we don't need to be concentrated on our freedom. That's not the first order. Our, our what we need to be concentrated on is our love for our brethren, yeah. the love for Christ and His church and His bride. And then when we put that forward, those Christian liberties they may play an effect. But yet, guess what? We're not going to cling tightly to them. I'm not going to cling tightly to my Christian freedom and liberty on those gray areas and those audio. If my brother's hurting over there, I'm going to come to him. We're going to work through it. I'm not, you know, we're going to work through it. We're going to love on each other, but I'm going to love you. I'm not, I don't want to cause you to stumble or put an obstacle in your way. In fact, let's talk about that. Paul says to take away, well, he says there's a decision that the mature Christian must make. The more mature person in Christ should come to the decision that he or she is to stop judging that weaker Christian. And Paul first says, take away, he says, take away the obstacle. Rather, this, determine this, not to put an obstacle, that obstacle, that word meaning proskuma in the Greek, the word means to cut toward or against, to strike against a stone or something like that in the path. It, it means to ensnare or trap an animal. The idea is that of a rope that's pulled across a path in order to cause someone to fall. We've all done that, right? When we were little, we would do that to our brothers. It would cause, it, it, it could be also be used as a roadblock of some sorts, maybe like a tree that's falling across a road and you, you aren't able to access the rest of the road anymore. So the idea is the more mature brother in the faith is to stop creating obstacles or these roadblocks in the way of the weaker brother in faith by using his Christian liberty. Stop hindering them. Mm-hmm. That, and that's what they were doing, evidently, uh, because of your selfishness. That's what's happening. Because of your selfishness, because you want to hang on to your Christian liberty, you're hindering, you're causing your, you're putting obstacles in your brother or sister's way who's weaker in the faith. Yeah. I struggle with that, just to be honest with you. Let me read this, and I'll testify. Now, 1 Corinthians six twelve says, all things, Paul, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. That's a good point. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. So Paul understood that, that uh, it wasn't uh, – it was lawful, but it wasn't profitable. He yeah. understood that he could do things, but there's something more important than our than our freedoms to do things, and that's our brother. Yeah, you know. And like I said, I struggle with that because you know you're in the word, you 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 you're you're learning about stuff, and then you see somebody else who who maybe there's this issue, right? And you know it's wrong. You know that their thinking is wrong on that and it's really hard for me you know i'm one of those cut the baby in half kind of folks you know i see it like it is and call it and boom and sometimes i'm a little brash brash and uh i just struggle with that 
you know, I struggle with compassion. <laughs> I just do, and and I realize that, and I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to work yeah. on that because when I see, uh, and like I said, I'm I'm a learner, and I, uh, I'm growing in the Lord, and and I'm the weaker brother in a lot of different areas. I would be the weaker brother in a lot of areas when it comes to things of the Word of God. There are some things I'm more sure of and have studied more, and then when I come across an individual who who isn't he is the the weaker brother in this in this area. I got to be real careful because yeah. I'm I'm kind of I come out I, I I'm taking wrong a lot. I think my heart is not that, but yeah. but but I'm I'm forward when I say it, and when I say it, I come off brash yeah. like like I'm a I know it, which I'm not. But that's just that's just something I got to do. I, yeah, I deal with you every day, so I know. Okay. Well, I learn from the best, and that would be. Okay. <laughs> so we're both humble. We're going to end this show today, and we are finished because we anyway, need to go repent. Yeah. No, but I, so lo- it's all well, about love. It is about love. I think yours. I think yours is more probably more doctrinal matter rather than Christian liberty matters. Right. That would be more doctrinal, I and, and I would so. say yours is more doctrinal. It's not Christian. I would say it's more because you're saying, "Hey, I, I, I've True. understood this doctrine, and I'm coming to this brother, and I need to teach this brother doctrine." It's not where you're flaunting that because there's no Christian liberty right. in that yeah. doctrine. Well, yeah. So, yeah. but but I, I see what you're saying is, regardless, that's a, one we can learn from as well. Is we need to be better in our approach to our weaker brothers, those who are new in the faith. Let's let's understand that. We were there once as well, mm-hmm. you know. So anyway, Paul Paul also says, "Don't don't put a stumbling block in a brother's way." This stumbling block, you'll like this word, Phil. We've done this before. Scandalon. Originally, a piece of wood that would hold kept a trap for animals. We used to do this when we were little, right? We'd put a put a some kind of box or something and you'd have a wood there and that animal would come in he tripped that and he'd catch him uh that it was the movable part this scandalon of a trap on which the bait was laid and when touched the trap would close like a mouse trap the scandalon thus it but it came to mean any entanglement of the foot that's kind of what it came to mean and and in here it's meant figuratively for any person drawn into error or sin or something that causes a spiritual downfall or ruin. So to put a stumbling block in your brother or sister's way would be to do something that is a matter of Christian liberty in front of a weaker person in the faith and causing that person who isn't aware of that freedom in Christ to violate their conscience and do something that bears against their conscience, causing them to sin because he or she is not acting in the faith and living to please the Lord, but rather disobeying the Lord. They, um, what, what we want to understand, though, is... Some people will take this text as if they fall out of stumbling out of salvation. No. Why is that? You can't. Really? Mm-mm. I agree. <laughs> yeah, you can. You can. You didn't do anything to get yourself saved, and you're definitely not going to do anything to, to get yourself unsaved, correct? Yeah, correct? This is not talking about stumbling out of salvation because that just cannot happen. We have other scriptures. This is where we let scripture interpret scripture. And so that doesn't that doesn't even play in effect. Um, so uh but you you used earlier alcohol as a prime example. Let's take that. Say the stronger brother who, in the process of using his liberty, stronger brother understands his liberty with alcohol, is regarding alcohol consumption potentially sets a stumbling block in the weaker brother's way. Could he do that? Yes. Th- this could set off detrimental effects. Let's just say the weaker brother comes in and says, "I don't need to be drinking any alcohol." 
I understand he comes in, come to the the Christian faith, knowing what alcohol does to his family or did to his family, or he somehow he has put that aside and he knows that I do not need to be anywhere near it. The older brother understands the freedom he has in in Christ. It says there's a there's a line where I can drink alcohol without getting drunk, very tight line. But there also needs to be a line in which he doesn't violate his brother's conscience. But if he did that and he if he if he uh, flaunted it in his brother's face, right? I've got Christian liberty. I can drink this, but in understanding where his brother comes from, it sets off detrimental effects. It, it, our drinking, even in moderation, mm-hmm. could could easily place a stumbling block, this scandal on in that in in that brother's way, and cause him to fall back into his former sin of being a drunkard, maybe. Yeah. And guess what? Now you're at you're you've you've caused him to sin, and now you've sinned as well doing yeah. that. Not only sin against him, but sin against God. Absolutely. So your your liberty has now turned into sin. That's right. We have to be very we yeah. have to be careful, is what Paul's saying, because always having our weaker brothers. That's where we have to do have our weaker brothers' faith in in our mindset, in the forefront of our mind. So Paul tells us examine our lives. See if we're putting obstacles or stumbling blocks in front of those who are weaker in brother, in, in, those who are weaker in faith. Not that they're stumbling out of salvation, but but that they're slipping into sin by violating their conscience. Paul moves on. Look here, he moves on. Verse fourteen, and this is my second point. Let our love for Christ and His church restrain our liberty. Let our love for Christ and His church restrain our liberty. Verse 14 and 15, I know I'm convinced on the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself. But to the one who thinks something is unclean, to that person it is unclean. For if because of your food your brother or sister is hurt, you are no longer walking in accordance with love. Paul has a knowledge here, Phil. Paul understands. Oh, yeah. He is fully persuaded yeah. of the, of his liberty, correct? Well, I mean, he, he is. And, and looking at where he's come from, and that's that's a big deal. He was Good he point. was a he was a zealous. Big, oh, he was big the, time. He kept the law. He was he obeyed all the dietary, the sacrifice, all these things. The best of Pharisee there yeah. was. And then and then he counted it. You know all that. Well, law keeping is dung, ultimately. I mean, it was good for what it was, but as far as Christ, it wasn't. It didn't get him anywhere. Absolutely. But, but for Paul to say that, that's a to to know that I am convinced. Mm. Mm. You know, in in Christ, yeah, that nothing is unclean in yeah. itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'll. Uh, I was watching a guy. There's, there's, a, and I don't want to get off, but there, there is factions within the quote unquote church. Let's say Hebrews roots type movement. Yep. These type things are that they've been around for a while, but they still hold to these things. You know, these things that are uh, from the old covenant. Yeah, and, yep. and and try to pull it over into the new. Yes, and get on to you if you eat. Yep. Or if you don't observe the Sabbath on Saturday, they would say that you're sinning. And they, they, you know, they twist and manipulate Scripture, yeah. and they they do this and they play on that, and they call, they yeah, that's they, dangerous. It's very dangerous. That that movement is very dangerous. So look, I'm just I, I, we can talk about that too in another show. But Paul, I want to finish this up right here. So Paul's convinced in his own mind that nothing is unclean in itself, meaning he can't be defiled by eating meat or drinking in the law. The, the law of Moses prohibits. He understands that. But look at what Paul says next. But to the one who thinks something is unclean, unclean, that being the weaker brother in faith, to that person it is unclean. The one Paul's talking about, again, is the weaker brother. And, and he's, if, he, if that person thinks and believes that that meat is unclean, but he's saved, 
Paul says, don't violate their conscience by scouring them on this issue. Don't violate it. 1 Corinthians 8, 7, Paul says this, However, not all people have this knowledge, the knowledge that the idol is nothing. But some, being accustomed to the idol until now, eat food as if it were sacrificed to an idol, and their conscience being weak is defiled. Paul says, don't defile their conscience. Put your liberty away. Your brother is more important. Uh, I want to read this, and we'll be finished. I want to read this from Ray Steadman. He says this. It, he says this about this verse as he was preaching through this. He says, "I liken this to a swinging bridge over a mountain stream. There are people who run across a bridge like that, even though it does not have any handrails. They are not alarmed by it. They can keep their balance well. They're not concerned about the swing of the bridge or the danger of falling into the torrent below. That is fine. Some people can do that, but others can't." You watch them go on a bridge like that, and they're very uncertain. They shake and tremble. They inch along. They may even get down on their hands and knees and crawl across. But they'll make it if you just give them time, if you let them set their own speed. After a few crossings, they begin to pick up courage, and eventually they're able to run right across it. It's like that with these moral questions that Paul poses. Some people just cannot see themselves moving in a certain area that they've been brought up to think is wrong. They have difficulty doing so. As in the case of the swinging bridge, it would be cruel for someone who had the freedom to cross boldly to take the arm of someone who was timid and drag them across to force them to run across. They might even lose their balance and fall off the bridge and suffer injury. This is what Paul is warning. In this scripture here, yeah. may we not cause injury to our brothers? That's a that's a good good story to think. I got a lot of allergy, analogies that go right along with it. Uh, maybe I'll share next week. Okay, but, good. Hey, we'll we'll jump back, jump back, j- jump back into Romans. We'll we'll probably uh, cover that verse fourteen again and move on. But it's been been good to have you with us. Go to our website lifesongradio.com. See you next week at this same time. See you next week for another episode of Lifesong Radio.